0: Happy this week, right? I'm happy most of the time, but but specifically, I did get the new Apple TV. Yeah, yeah that, that was pretty good. Cool. That's huge. Yeah, because the the release was Friday, but there was some weird like stocking issue or something. At least in parts of Europe, like I don't know what it was like in America, really. But in in like Britain and stuff, most people didn't get day one delivery, even if they'd ordered like immediately. Uh, the the orders didn't even ship. Like my in my case, uh, the order shipped on the Friday and then it arrived on the Saturday. But like, it's not you know like if you buy an iPhone, they ship like three days in advance. So I don't really know what was up with that. But some people got it day one, but not very many people. Most people have got it like today this week. I think I was lucky to get it on the Saturday. But anyway, uh, I do have it. I, it. I mean, what would what, what you want me to say? Ultimately, it's the same as the last year's one, but it's a bit faster which, and it's slightly different. Which, but which there one did is you, some. Yeah. Which one did you get? Yeah. I got the, I got the, I got the the one with the Ethernet cable in it. Yeah, so one, obviously, one I'm, I'm going to fill it up with stuff. That's why I need the more storage. Now, I, I would buy a 64 gig model if it was there, but I'll probably connect to via Ethernet eventually. So, I got and I, and I wanted the thread, uh, the thread radio. Yeah, because you don't have. I do think it's kind of silly. Memory. They don't just include that in all the models, but. Like, I, I, if you look at the lineup, it's kind of weird that they gave it more storage. Like, even the base model got 64 gig up from 32. If I if if I was prioritizing, I'd have probably given the base model thread a no storage upgrade or something like on, on along, along those lines. And then just charge for the, the, you know, do the upsell for the storage. But this is Apple Incorporated for you. They'd make some weird decisions sometimes. But <laughs> that's the situation. So I've got 120 gigs of storage in a little box that I'll never, probably never use. I don't really play many of the games if they start making really good games i guess i'll download more games but for now uh not so much uh thread radio is cool i'll talk about that in a sec and the the thing that i saw a lot of people's like first impressions being of this thing was the weight difference and the size difference because they've taken out the fan the internal fan supposedly the a15 chips more efficient than any of the fan compared to the old models that means the old, the overall puck box is smaller and thinner. Obviously, for a thing you put on your TV, it doesn't really matter too much how big it is. But, you know, it, it's kind of nice. If they can make it smaller, they can make it smaller. Uh, what was funny was there was a bit of like a half gate because on Friday people were saying like, oh, it, it's so light now that the HDMI cable pulls the puck away. It doesn't stay in place. At least that was like a thing yeah, for a little while. Yeah. I, I can't recreate that situation at all. Like maybe it depends on what, surface you put it on but the like if you've got a really slippery like cabinet or something but wherever i put it as long as the hmr cable was you know not not completely taut, it would the, the the puck's still heavy enough to just sit there and it wouldn't move around unless you're like physically pushing it around on some older apple tvs i had an issue where the power cable would just pop out really yeah like if you like nudged it or something the power cable would like dislodge uh, so i've had that before but that doesn't seem to be an issue at least on maybe i just had a back cable or something at the time but on this one the power cable sits in fine the box doesn't slide around as far as i can tell so i don't think the weight's going to be a be a problem and it's kind of nice that it's a little bit smaller in terms of performance i think you'd be hard pressed to like do a blind test of the new apple tv so the old one and tell which one's faster Obviously, it is faster, and if you look up some like speed tests, there's some YouTubers have done some app speed like launch comparisons of like launching apps on the old one versus launching apps on the new one. Most apps launch two to three seconds faster. Uh, So if you care about that, that's great. And I mean, if you like, I'd rather Apple give it an update on a regular basis than no update at all. You don't have to buy the update, right? Like most people who I think almost everybody who has the last generation Apple TV. 2021 should not buy a new model this year because there's there's no there's not really a motivation to do it. The best the best upgrade they made with this model is making it cheaper so that people that didn't buy it will now buy it. Uh, but and in my case, uh, I was moving to a new place, needed an Apple TV, didn't have one, so now I've bought one, so it's great. But if I had the 2021 model, I wouldn't feel any pressure to, to upgrade here really. But now that I have the um, the speed is faster, some apps load quicker. If you can compare to you know Roku's or Amazon sticks and stuff, they're obviously you know still three times cheaper the app launch performance is a big differentiator yeah? like the the chip in the apple tv is very fast compared to streaming sticks from competitors and the apps launch and generally um work a lot better <laughs> it's just a fact there are some stragglers still so like bbc iplayer which is probably one of them the leading um like providers in britain because obviously it comes from the bbc it's free because you pay in the tv license you don't have to pay an extra subscription and it gives you like on-demand access to all the bbc content uh uk only obviously but they have been very hesitant to update the TVS app in any meaningful way so it's like it was pretty good when they first like they, they came out with a pretty good app when the apple tv 2015 came out right but then they haven't really updated it much. So if you fast forward today, some of the screens are a bit like, not laggy, but like there's like animation glitches Or obviously like TVS has updated, but they haven't updated the app's behavior to, to match. So some of the logos match up funny. But the bigger news is like, you don't get 4K. So on the Apple TV 4K, the BBC does not stream HLG, which the 2021 supported like the hardware, but the BBC haven't updated their app to stream that content in that format and you don't get any subtitling options because they say that supporting the tvs subtitling system is complicated so they haven't done it uh, so the BBC play is kind of like a straggler in that regard and I th- I, but I believe on other platforms you can get HDR through uh, BBC iPad and you can get HDR 10 plus content through a BBC play but not through the TVs app at least at the moment but they haven't updated it f- meaningfully in a while similarly you look at something like Netflix, Yes, the app may launch faster, but some of the latest features of Netflix aren't available on TVS still. I mean, if you want the basic with ads plan, not available yet. They say it's coming soon. If you want to use the interactive features, not available either. So if you are comparing between like boxes and sticks, in most cases, I'd say the TVS version of any given app is better than stuff, but there are some outliers and weirdness where developers or publishers of video um, services just aren't. Up to speed whereas like you look at the roku app and you can do all the interactive netflix features for instance um what else the the default setup when you launch a new apple tv is bad puts is bad because it puts the tv button to launch the tv app not the home screen Uh so i changed that back immediately i'd I'd, I'd forgotten that that was how that that was how it um was arranged and they changed it what three or four years ago now and three, three, three or four years on, they still haven't justified the change because the TV app itself is not good enough to be the primary button when you press the TV button. I mean, there's, because there's, what you want to do 90% of the time is go to the individual apps. There's not there's, there's no the Netflix,
1: there's no YouTube. There's, I, mean, I think those are two pretty big apps that you would have. <laughs> there's no like If you want to use the Photos or the Music app right, or the uh, Fitness app, you've got to back out of the TV app if you do that. So it's a bad mm-hmm. default. And they also default to, and we'll speak more about this in a moment, but they default to having the, um, with the TV app, having the big full screen splash previews of content versus your up next queue on there. So that's another default you've got to change when you, if you want it that way. Um, With the storage situation, is it, do do you think it's because of the A15, it uses A15 Bionic, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that they never did a 32 gigabyte A15 Bionic and that's
0: how they decide the storage tiers? Is that, is that that connected or? I guess so. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe that explains why they're, yeah, it's 64 gig base.
1: Yeah. And it was rumored to be A14. So I was looking it up a moment ago when we were speaking, and I was thinking A14. So I looked it up, and then there's all, of course, it's A15. Um, the one thing compelling for me, so I've got two Apple TV 4Ks, the first one and the second generation one. And um, they're both 32 gigabytes because prior to this version, there was no difference in hardware, it was just storage. And um 32 to 64, I didn't see the reason to to go. For, I think I think 150 is like my threshold for an Apple TV. 180 is is more, or you know, 180 was what it was, and 200 is, is just way too much. So um, yeah, and
0: now it's 150 max. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's yeah. way better price price wise. Um, the, the one thing that's compelling though is uh my son Rory is a huge Apple Arcade user, and uh, he he plays games on his iPad all the time, and we we do games on the TV as well. But with 32 gigabytes, you can have like maybe one or two games and, and a lot of times you'll just run out of storage and um, you, you can offload apps. But I find that when you offload apps automatically, it's very aggressive. Like it'll offload small apps to make room for just like a little bit more information for the game. So the, you know, the the improved price and the fact that you get the, you know, 32 gigabytes, even just 64 will be a, an improvement. but I would want to have the 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 like it would be the main Apple TV, and so I'd want it to be. I I realize that I've got that connected to Ethernet, connect um, so I think that would be the one compelling thing for me to add to the room is is to have that be the Apple Arcade uh, Apple TV. And mm-hmm. I used to have like, still Series Nimbus controllers, and I didn't keep them. Um, I, I got rid of them recently, but uh, I do have an Xbox controller, <laughs> and and so I was curious. I was like, "This does work with that, right?" And so I paired it to the Apple TV I do have and try to game on it and um and it worked well. So the the one I have, you know, as long as it's like one or two games, I think you can get by, but if you want to do more than that and you know kids often do, then um this this yeah, new Yeah, cuz some of the games arcade are games are like
0: 3 or 4 gigabytes each. So you don't need very many to fill up 32 gigs.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So so this is this is and I, I did try one and uh in an Apple store they had a display unit out that you could run around with and I like like you know with the controller and coming from the 2021 version it was like I couldn't tell you if it was actually the new one besides the fact that the remote was USB-C. <laughs> you
0: know? um, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be really but, but, discerning to be able to tell the yeah. two-second difference in app style. But you're <laughs>
1: coming from not even a 4K one originally, but the HD one, right?
0: No, 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 no. No, you had no. 4K? Our, our okay. had a 4K one. Okay. We used a 4K one with a non-4K TV. Yeah, uh, I see. And that was A12. That was A12, yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: That's reasonable.
0: Yeah, I'll be getting a 4K TV sometime soon, so then I'll have it all hooks up properly but yeah it's, yeah. it's a complicated mess because in our old house there wasn't room in the main room for a bigger than like 42 inch screen yeah and they only started making like 42 inch oleds like last year so we've never got around to actually updating it but yeah. anyway, that's a different that's a different story uh the other thing on this one is thread right so i'm where i live now i only had the og home pods set up which are still working thankfully uh, but they don't have a Thread radar in them, and I don't have any on minis at the moment. So I got this Apple TV set up. I was like, oh, now I've got a Thread receiver. And I actually have an EVE motion sensor, uh, which is the new one that came in like July-ish, and that one has a Thread connectivity in it. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be threading all over the shop. I still can't get it to connect to th- via Thread. So the EVE motion sensor supports bluetooth or thread so if you don't have a a, a latest gen apple tv or a home board or anything it just connects to your phone directly with bluetooth or you know to an older home hub over bluetooth but their instructions say if you do have a home hub on the network that is thread compatible their eve accessories will automatically transfer to the thread network instead and it hasn't happened i've turned stuff on and off i've flicked it around i've tried everything it'll only connect via bluetooth not thread this may actually come in actually have a meaningful difference to me because i've been trying to use the motion sensor upstairs and the apple tv is downstairs and the range of bluetooth i think sometimes makes it like not connect whereas i believe it if it was successfully connected over a thread i wouldn't have the range problem but so far i can't get it to connect so there's just one issue to put on the list of things that uh matter may or may not solve because it's a thread radio and it won't connect via thread so who knows what's going on there hopefully i'll get it fixed eventually uh let's mention about the tv app again because on the beta they've given you even more a reason not to have it as the default (laughs) experience because the the big feature of like the apple tv app on the apple tv is the up next queue which coalesces upcoming shows and and films and new episodes across all streaming services not just tv plus but anything installed on the system hulu well not netflix but hulu disney plus um and others all into one feed and you can see all the episodes and, and swipe between them and manage your queue that way uh, in a kind of aggregated experience, which is kind of cool. There are a lot of limitations, like the UI for Up Next has always been a bit plain and mediocre and only like one scrolling list with no categories or filters, but it was a big feature and that was like the primary reason a lot of people would use the Apple TV over other stuff is because they could get a, a, single, a single queue of watching stuff and you can do universal search and, th- and things like that to add to the queue. But in the betas, they've changed it so that now the up next queue on the watch now tab is not at the top. It's now further down the, the page. And also at the top is a generic featured row of just like Apple's suggestions. And I don't even think the suggestions are personalized to each user. They're just blanket for the for the, the geographic region of wherever the server like hosts the content. So you get some recommendations that you may or may not be interested in. But if you what you actually want to use the TV app for is the up next queue, now every single time you open it, you've got to swipe down more to actually see it. And the interface is smaller because before you'd get like the full screen, uh the full screen tiles uh, for your up next items. Now you only get like the one little row and the and the full screen tiles are taken up by this featured section, which is obviously bad because on some other platform, like, uh, and it kind of mirrors what streaming apps do in general, uh, quite regularly. Like a lot of streaming apps prioritize featured n- and new discovery rather than your own queue. But the TV app on tvOS has like a system role of being like the aggregator. The whole point for many people is the up next screen is, the, is that feature. And now it's been deprioritized. So hopefully they can find a different UI there or merge it or change it back. There's been some indications that it might already be on pause, like it was rolled out and then there was some backlash and now it's not doesn't seem to show up for everyone anymore. So maybe they've already like changed their mind or heard the feedback and they'll work on it. Because the actual like UI of the feature thing was pretty good. It's just, I just wish it showed like your content rather than whatever Apple was designed to show any particular moment.
1: Yeah, it was large enough that your Up Next stuff was like a pretty big,
0: you know, it was a, you couldn't just glance at it and see it yeah. move around a lot. I, I hope the direction they go is they make Up Next its own tab. So you have like this full screen that you can only use for your own queue or maybe like merge up next with library. Because right now library, like m- most people you are using the TV app for streaming services. The library only shows stuff you've bought from the iTunes store. So a much more modern like library experience would be like when you add to up next, you're adding it to a library and then when you click on it, it just streams it from wherever you added it from. And so there's definitely like some synergies there that they don't do today that they definitely could do. And if they did that, then they could make the Watch Now tab be all about just recommendations and new stuff. Uh, and and for people that want to use the TV apps like aggregation features, they could go to the library. Maybe it has like continue watching section at the top and then like just a general library below with categories and subcategories. Uh, you know, like an actual maybe playlists and all sorts of organizational features, which would be even better than the status quo of right now where you have one single scrolling left to right carousel of tiles for your up next queue across all services. So that's the whole the direction i kind of hope they're going towards but with anything with the tv app it's incredibly slow progress and it takes a while and in terms of it getting rolled back or not they have kind of attempted this before with tvs 13 they like you mentioned earlier in the show the the top shelf ui used to show up next they changed it to show like what to watch featured items but they then in tvs 13.3 added a setting that you can then change it back to show up next you again So they have listened to feedback on that regard and a very similar feature before. So I'm optimistic that whatever happens won't actually ship in 16.2 as it was that received the feedback. We'll see how it comes out and then maybe there's a bigger plan coming, you know, down the road. Happy Hour This Week is sponsored by Paperlike. Paperlike is the iPad screen protector for creators and doers. Draw and write like on real paper. If you draw or write notes on your iPad using a stylus like Apple Pencil, you need the Paperlike. Manufactured in Switzerland, the Paperlike Screen Protector makes your iPad feel less like glass and more like writing on real paper. With Paperlike, your stylus isn't just sliding around, it mimics the stroke resistance of drawing on paper. Enjoy the precision and feel of paper, but with all the benefits of going paperless with digital ink on your iPad. And Paperlink, Paperlike recently launched the Paperlike 2.1 featuring improved visual clarity during use while continuing to offer the same texture and feel as Paperlike 2. It achieves this by using new composite materials and better NanoDot distribution. You can get your new Paperlike right now available for iPad Pro models, iPad 10.2 inch, iPad Air 10.9 and iPad Mini with many more models launching in the coming months. Find out more at Paperlike.com. That's paperlik dot com. Thanks to Paperlike for sponsoring the show.
1: That's quite. Cool. I didn't realize this was that... Paper I've used these uh, paper like. I've, I've got a couple of these on iPads for family and they love them. So that's awesome. Cool. Next up, we've got uh, a news bit from Mark Gramman at Bloomberg about how Apple is working to innovate Siri by changing the trigger phrase, or at least adding an option for the trigger phrase to go from hey and then Siri to just Siri, similar to how Amazon is just their
0: assistant's name their single word name yeah yeah because if you're thinking on terms of number of syllables it's the same as hey siri yeah because it's a three syllables yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're so trying hard not to activate everybody's everybody's speakers uh so yeah alexa's three syllables siri would be two syllables so technically they'd be beating him if they got rid of the hey part yeah so Clearly, Siri is better in every single way if they change that, because then Google <laughs> is okay. Google and then Google or hey, so, yeah, Google. that's four syllables. Yeah, so Apple would be beating everybody with only two syllable activation phrase, which is obviously the most important thing when it comes to a smart system. Right? Totally. No, I mean, just as as the change if this if this
1: happens in the next year or two, as as he says it, as they're working on, uh, I would. Aside from all of the accidental triggers that it could could trigger in conversation the if you don't talk about siri <laughs> you just you know you're normal and you just use it you don't really talk about it on a podcast then i think it'd be okay and i think it'd be really cool to have like if this was an option you know you get to choose between the two i would turn it on right now and it it just feels so much more seamless than than the artificial hay in front of it which is meant to make it much more recognizable um prevent false positives you know, really show intent there, but it's not as smooth as just saying the name of the voice assistant that is so easy to say and then saying the action on on the Apple watch. They've got a, like, a version of easier to activate Siri, which has, um raise to speak where the, the watch detects a certain motion that, you know, it detects like your arm going up and then over <laughs> to, to like you're facing the watch. And then you speak your command, and it listens that way. And you can turn it off. I turn it off, but um, you you just raise your wrist and you talk to your watch without even saying Siri at all. Um, and when that works, it's really impressive to me. I, I just have a better experience with using the the trigger phrase. Um, but if it, if it, I mean, even if the trigger phrase on the watch shot down to just Siri,
0: then I think that would be very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's. If they can do it in a way that isn't going to cause loads of dumb false positives, which I don't have complete confidence in, because I hit false positives with the with the two word activation phrase as it is today. So there's some concern there that they're not going to make the problem better; they're going to make the problem worse. Uh, but if they can, in a perfect world where the always listening co-processor can always work out when you're actually your intent of actually talking to the phone or to the speaker or whatever versus you know just using normal words in normal conversation then clearly making the activation shorter is better because if you're thinking like the ideal case the ideal case would be you don't need an activation phrase at all sure so right computers around you would just ambulantly not not listen with the microphone and then magically listen when they need you somehow and and that would you know d- work perfectly but that's obviously a pipe dream because we need some way to distinguish um and so going down to one word rather than two is much better but making siri experience good is much more than just changing the trigger phrase right like the i could put up with a two-word trigger phrase if i felt like the 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 assistant could do everything i wanted be reliable you know work in a in a sane way and not mess things up but that doesn't happen and so if this is the only you know when they change it when they change like the voice to make the voice sound better like the um, that's like great it's like good but you're still kind of missing the core thing that people want you to make better with siri so i hope this isn't the only change in the pipeline i actually had um an issue like this uh with my apple tv because uh i plugged it into the home pods with the home theater mode thing to try that out and what happens is if you talk to the siri on the home pods which are connected to the apple tv so you should be able to control the apple tv through it and it does work things like playing and pausing and opening apps and some requests but if you like open it to 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 do the live um channel feature which is a weird quirk of tvos where it, although the tv app doesn't really have any recognition of live stations you can ask siri to play a live channel and it will launch the app to that channel for supported channels so like bbc if you want to watch bbc1 you can say to siri on the tv remote open BBC One Live, and it will just open the channel through the BBC iPlayer app. It's quite handy. I wish there was a on-screen visual UI for it, but there isn't. But you can do it with Siri. But you ask the HomePod Siri to do that, and it has no clue what you're talking about. It can't do that here. It's it's it just it, even refuses. if it's paired to the TV. As even as if it's paired to the TV, yeah. Wow. And even if it's not paired to the TV, you should be able to say like, "Play BBC One on the TV," because one of the features of iOS 16 is you know better coordination between them and, and offloading a request from the home pod to the tv in the same room that also doesn't work either so there's complications like that there's things where like you ask things on some devices and they don't answer in the same way or you ask things and there's like a one word magic trigger phrase that separates it between this and happening and something else happening quite a lot on the um you know because apple keeps adding all these features for playing like tv shows through siri you know those integrations but you have to be really careful how you speak because otherwise it it, it it biases towards any command to Siri being a play music command. So if you say anything with being like play and it doesn't recognize it immediately as a TV show somehow, it just immediately starts playing music. And with Apple Music, there's like 90 million songs. So you're always going to find a hit in the music library, right? But if you what you actually want is a TV show or a movie, but those algorithms seem a lot weaker in finding the actual content you're talking about. So then quite a lot of the times if I try and ask Siri to play something video wise... It's available in like Apple TV Plus or something and it, it just fails and it just plays some random Apple Music Playlist I've never heard of. So there's all sorts of issues that they need to resolve that go far beyond the trigger phrase. In the Mark Gurman Power Newsletter, to be fair, it does say that Apple, quote, will integrate the voice assistant deeper into third-party apps and services and approve its ability to understand users and take the correct course of action. So that is positive. That sounds like the right kind of thing. Uh But the main... The main... Core of his story was obviously talking about the trigger phrase change,
1: the, the trigger phrase issue too, like accidentally triggering it and all that. That was an added complexity to the Siri in general because before voice activated Siri, you just pressed, you held down a button, and that was it. You didn't even have to say Siri. You know, you just had the the intent was pressing a button. Uh, so they added that complexity, but I mean, you you couldn't do HomePod without voice activated Siri. You know, it just just wouldn't be. Wouldn't be
0: a thing, um, um, and my most of the time that I use Siri in day to day life is via the watch where I don't actually use the trigger phrase.
1: You use duty, I use the
0: raise the raise to talk thing, ah, and that works with pretty high precision and reliability. So I just lift my watch to my face and talk and get it to do something, and it actually works pretty well. And you don't need a trigger phrase at all, so yeah, that's generally that how I use Siri, and, and then. I guess I use it on the HomePod to play music. I don't really use it much on the iPhone. Maybe I ask for the weather sometimes, and that's about that's about it. How, how much do you actually use Siri day to day?
1: I'm pretty sure that my kid thinks the only way to add something to your shopping list is to tell Siri because he sees me do that. And so if he, you know, he's like, I want peanut butter crackers. or out of peanut butter crackers. I'll say, tell Siri. <laughs> I was like, okay, Siri, add peanut butter crackers to the shopping list. Um, and I've used the shopping list feature and reminders, you know, with that, that phrase since it was possible. Um, I I use, I mean, obviously with the, with the HomePods, um, although a lot, a lot of times with HomePods too, I'm just air playing, you know, so it, it's an option, but it isn't the only way you can, you can, you can do it. When, once you're playing, then using voice commands to change volume and everything is, is better. Um, with the bedroom Apple TV, I use. Uh two HomePod minis and stereo pair as the speakers for the television, and that w- with that, I will use volume control because you know you, you tell the HomePods to change the volume and it does for the for the t v output volume um, and and they even added things like a few years ago where you could tell your iPhone to play toy Story on the living room apple t v if it was in mm-hmm. your in your purchases and and that works well, you know. Which which I was thinking about whenever you were describing the problem with live channels only being a TVOS remote feature, um, and it's like they're so close <laughs> they haven't connected it yet. Um,
0: yeah, connect it to the thing and just put a. There should be a live tab on the TV app, I yeah. think, which shows all your channels that you have downloaded or installed on the on the system, and you can just click them. And you, the the an EPG like a, a program guide of grid of stuff that's on right now is actually quite useful. So. And right now, the Apple TV experience has none of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I guess the last thing for me is that with the Johnny G and Andrea hire several years ago, there was the reporting that it was like, we're not going to see these small iterative changes because of his approach. So it was not going to be like, Siri can do this new trick this year. It It's that the fundamentals of how it operates is what will change and improve. And I know for the first year or two we'd say well this doesn't seem like we've had the big johnny johnny Jean andrea moment of this is what he's been hired to do and i, I think it
0: still seems that way I unless i'm yeah. missing something <laughs> yeah. yeah there doesn't you haven't seen like a quote series to arrive yeah. yeah maybe it's coming still these things take a while sometimes but in that time since he's come on they've changed the voice to be you know power bay and, and ai and neural network voice probably like three times over uh, so the voice quality keeps getting better and better and better but the and the, I, I think the recognition improves too like the dict you know under transcribing what you say into text sure the transcription part i think is also getting better it's the understanding of the request that falls down a lot of the time and some stuff that gets particularly annoying is like something will work and then an os update will come or you download a new app and the app name then conflicts with the request you just did. So then your request doesn't work anymore. And these are hard problems. Like, it's easy to list issues. It's the solutions that are the the, th- the the complicated part. So I do get it in some regards. But there are some things where it's like, this has been the case for years and years and years and years and years. Somebody needs to sort it out. And that so far hasn't happened. And if they come around um, with iOS 17 and be like, hey, everybody. We've made it so you don't have to say hey anymore. Okay, see you next year. That'll feel quite disappointing. So we always want a bigger change, especially as the voice assistant becomes essential to every Apple platform and probably even more essential to the ones yet to come, like the car or the headset, because then you're going like hands-free and the watch is kind of, you know, more Siri dependent, although because you do less like you just do less productive work on the watch, you don't actually use Siri too often in my experience. Um, and obviously with the iphone you're you're prone to to t- t- um, to just touching the screen but like obviously with the speakers it's voice only and you know all the reviews of the home pod mini or small sorry big or mini a, a big like negative column is always like siri doesn't match you know the Alexa offering or the, or the google assistant offering just on asking it like trivia and, st- and questions like that so there are some areas where i think siri is better than the competition home control is one area because home kit like Local control, um, not having to jump off to a server—it just happens on over the local network. I, the features that Matt is going to give everybody have been advantages, but just general like higher level understanding of what you say. I think generally you can more often than not say that the Google or the, or the Amazon's platform is doing it slightly better. And in Amazon's case, you get loads more third-party integrations, right? You get all sorts of Amazon skills. Apple's still limited to a very, 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 very uh, small set. Like with Amazon, you can do like grocery shopping with your voice only, which is kind of handy. Uh, you can't do that with Siri really. Uh, and the Amazon thing, it just feels like there's, what's the word? Uh, traction, motivation, constant momentum in that like, I, I, I use an uh, Amazon Echo Mini, whatever they're called. Diet. Like, dot? Dot, yeah, yeah, I use a dot, like, twice a year ago just to like try out or whatever and you know i didn't really carry on using it but it was cool i tried it for a little while but i got sent on the amazon echo um mailing list i'd say every fortnight they send me an email with new features about the amazon echo it's like you can do this now you can use these third-party skills now there's all this stuff you can do that you couldn't do two weeks ago with siri you're like lucky if apple gives you something new once a year so there's always more they can do better i think it's the the long and the short of, the, of, the, of that anecdote <laughs> yeah uh, one more thing
1: on the voice you know the gradual improvements i think we have hit a threshold where it's like this is this is good and any, any more changes are welcome but not major but if you listen to the, the original iphone 4s ads with siri with like samuel L. jackson uh <laughs> the voice is just so robotic yeah it's wild
0: 100%. yeah like making the voice better was good there's just other components they've they kind of fixed it. that now yeah yeah, yeah. Happy Hour This Week is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Check them out at betterhelp.com slash mac happy hour. I remember back in my final year of university, I got a bit overloaded with the stress of all of the work. I'd sailed through high school exams and stuff, but for whatever reason, I got in a bind and felt like I just couldn't do any anymore. I, I ultimately didn't quit, but it was a rough few months. If only life came with a user manual to help you through it. But unfortunately, it doesn't. And it's perfectly normal to feel stuck when you face challenges in your life, big and small. But BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next best thing. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. It can sound a bit silly, but just having someone to talk to is the key to relieving so much stress and anxiety and overcome emotional challenges in your life. Therapy is a great tool to discuss your life issues with a neutral party who is understanding and responsive. Therapy sessions can unload stress, help with emotional healing, learn how to cope with tricky life situations, deal with trauma and more. And as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking for whatever reason, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Hour. That's spelled B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash Mac Happy Hour. BetterHelp.com dot com slash Mac Happy Hour. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show.
1: All right, next up, I've got a, a variety of topics to to run through. Um, first up is is I, I went to the uh, newly opened Apple Store in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's in it's in the city of Metairie, and um, it, you know that's always been my closest Apple Store to where I live. It's been one of the boutique size stores, the very small ones. And then randomly one day, a reader a following Twitter, it sent me an image of say, hey, this is a new Apple store in New Orleans. And I was so confused because I felt like I should have known about that first, but lo and behold, it's real. And um, I mentioned it a few episodes ago. I finally got the chance to go over there and check it out. And it's really such an upgraded experience and i'm sure a lot of people have this experience when they go from having one of the smaller apple stores to a to a modern apple store i mean 10 years ago or 12 years ago when i worked in an apple store i had the experience in its raton of going from like a truly boutique size apple store to a big deep wide apple store um but it, it's it's nice and this is one of the stores where they um they've replaced the tab- the apple watch table where they're all under glass. To not have any of those at all, it's just Apple Watches on tables or like on this fixture, and you can touch them and see them and everything. Um, same for all. It, it, same for all the bands. So this this is popular, I think, at newer Apple stores, bigger Apple stores. But like every band that you can buy is on display, and you can try it on and everything. So um, they had the uh, Trail Loop band for Apple Watch for Apple Watch Ultra, and um, because it was out, I I could try it on and I put it on my Apple Watch Ultra. Um, I used the the white ocean band primarily, um, but I was able to see like, oh, okay, this is what it actually feels like. Cause I had bought Alpine loop before, like initially. And um, it, it was, it was like, it was like a letdown for me because it wasn't very comfortable. Um, I didn't love the way that the interaction was with putting it on and off and everything. And it just, it felt kind of stiff. Um, so the trail loop, when I felt it in the apple for the first time, I was like, wow, this thing is, I expected it to be like just like the um the sport loop which is you know also a velcro strap that you wrap, wraps around itself and connects to itself um but it's it, it feels it does feel a lot nicer than the sport loops do in that like it's it feels sturdy and super soft to the touch the other difference is that it's got the 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 lugs to connect to the watch they're they're the same titanium metal in color to match the Apple to Ultra, since it's made for that pairing, um, versus the Sport Loops that have plastic, or or even the uh, Ocean Band, which is just all all of the rubbery material. Um, and then you've got that that orange sort of pull tab um, that is just main. I mean, it's mostly an accent color. It, it's the the difference in that in the Sport Loop is that the Sport Loop has a piece of plastic there, you know, to grab onto, and this has the actual like put your finger between it and, and pull it. Um, so. I, and i i ended up buying it i, I waited and then thought about it and then and then went back and ended up buying the um black and gray version which has the orange accent uh loop color but then the other two colors i, I tried out as well and looked at those and it was really cool to be able to see all of those things i mean this is the benefit of an apple store is that you can see literally all the products if you're in a if you're in a modern apple store that's where i was able to test out the apple tv and like check out their remote and be like oh it's it's got all the stuff um and I I here too, so not not just the Trail Loop, but um, I tried out all of the new iPads. So let's see, iPad I the the four hundred fifty dollar one with the uh, first gen Apple Pencil and the centered, uh, front facing camera. The colors, and I know we picked up on this from the reviews, but the colors are really something. The the blue, I incorrectly it initially that I thought it was really muted and pale. Um, but we learned from the reviews that, that these are pretty vibrant colors. Silver is, is just as you know straightforward as ever. No, no difference there. But um, the blue was really strong. The yellow, um, the, you know, with metallic yellow, I think it, it looks really nice. Like I, did, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, you talk about the five C colors, and those are plastic and and matte. And th- this is matte, but it's super shiny. Uh, not just like glossy, but like shimmery. So I thought that the the yellow I didn't think I'd have any interest in, but I actually really liked it in person. And then the, the the pink one is the other color, and and just like we had seen from the YouTube videos, I was kind of skeptical that maybe the you know YouTube videos often crank up the saturation and everything. Thought maybe more more vibrant there than real life, but um in person it was it was also very nice. And 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 two like it's it was a kind of a reminder that like these are very nice tablets. You know you can go way higher end with the pros, but also like just as like base tablets when you're not doing the compare on paper game, you know, and everything it's like, none, none of it felt like, oh, this is cheap. Like, oh, this screen is terrible or anything. Was... So so I was impressed there. And then I, I did uh, check out uh, the iPad Pro with the hover support for the pencil. And, and by check out, I mean, I waved the pencil over the icons in the dock and watched them enlarge. And then I went to the notes app and I tried to use like hover. And I don't, I don't think it supports that there where you, we, I
0: think in notes it only supports if you go into the drawing mode and you like hover over the tool palette at the bottom, oh, then then it highlights like uh, the colors and stuff. Yeah,
1: that's where you mix your colors together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just in writing it, and then I, I probably had Procreate on board, but I, I didn't stick around and try that. But um, yeah, that's it, it's a really cool experience to have this better Apple store. My favorite part, Mayo, is they have a <laughs> on the back wall. It's a, it's a black Apple logo and the word pick up, and. <laughs> There's two people stashed there and they're just waiting to help you with your online order. Or I think your genius bar pickup when your phone's ready or something like that. Or if if you want to buy something off the shelf and you look around to see if someone's available and it's something serialized. So you can't, I don't think you can do it from your iPhone. So you just go over there and you say, Hey, can I, can I buy this from you? And they're like, absolutely. And it's so easy. And I even did a return that way. I said, hi can i return this here (laughs) it's like yeah so um who knew having a dedicated place to 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 do commerce inside of a store would be wonderful but it is um so that's 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 a really cool thing and and the uh, i'm gonna try to do a trail an apple watch ultra band hands-on for the three of them because i've now tried and photographed all three um and just kind of give my take on each one um but the the thing with the Trail Loop too is that when it initially the Apple Watch initially launched Trail Loop standalone, and I think also the watches with Trail Loop, they like the earliest shipping was was late October, early November, versus um, the other ones coming on time, and it's only in the last couple of weeks that even Apple stores have had Trail Loops on display, much less to purchase, uh, and and I've I've found that. Even now, the medium-large version of the black-gray trail loop is still hard to get. At one point over the weekend, I looked at ordering it online, and it was January shipping from November. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, A couple of days later, it had moved way up to December 2nd at the earliest for free shipping. Um, It's a lot better, but it's still three weeks or so. Uh, But fortunately, I was able to try on the one they had on the store, and it was... um, I was able to say, okay, I can can fit the small-medium one just fine. Uh, And and so that's the one I took home with me. But, yeah, I've I've now tried all the Apple Watch Ultra Bands. I now have a proper Apple Store to experience. And uh, pickup, pickup area, it's great. (laughs) Uh, Other thing I want to talk about this week is uh, experience with watching sports, with streaming. And it's not just streaming because I do have Hulu with live TV and that's essentially cable, right? Just like YouTube TV yeah. is and uh, lots of other services. But um, it, the, the, the the kind of the first thing that got me thinking about this area was just watching Thursday night football on Amazon prime. I've watched a few games this year that way. Um, my, 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 my NFL team is the new Orleans saints, of course. And um, so, I, so I experienced that way, but um, the, the, they do some cool stuff. So this is kind of like, With Amazon Prime, it's like it isn't a you know strictly just a streaming sports app or a live TV uh ripoff, you know. It's this is what we expect to see from Apple TV Plus as well, was is you know, very much like MLB Friday Night Baseball and what we'll see with soccer MLS. Um but they had some really cool really cool options there. So like after the game, the football game, they did an Amazon music concert that's hosted by Two Chains, and then they have an artist each week. And that seems very much like an I think Apple could and should do with Apple Music because they do all the Apple Music events, you know, the live concerts and everything, and tying that to, you know, music and performances are already connected to NFL with halftime shows and everything. So it's a very, I think it's a very good thing Apple Apple could like look at and, and sort of do their own version of that. The um, thing that's more Amazony than I think Apple would do though is they with Amazon Friday uh, Night Football NFL they do the stream as you would expect it but they also do a stream where it's like picture in picture and the youtuber is a dude perfect my kids watch him i don't i don't know but uh it's 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 a du- it's a dude perfect uh uh stream where he he's he's watching the game with like his friends and they're interacting with it and everything Oh so
0: they like commentate and just like mess around while the actual game's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly and so if you're watching as a family that's that's a pretty cool way to do that so i, I don't so see like I, yeah. that's
0: that's the kind of thing apple wouldn't do because they are very much like yeah we'll get you the professionals
1: to right and, and and amazon can do more weird stuff i guess and and so they've got the, the sort of like the youtube it's, i mean it's not on a youtube channel but it's a youtuber so
0: like if apple wanted to like apple's direction at doing like an alternative like family stream would be to like hire a, a different presenter who's doing sure. like a family focused commentary track, maybe with like less complicated terminology. Yeah, and explain stuff, everything. They wouldn't be like, we'll just get some YouTuber to to do it. Like yeah. not not that that's not like denigrating it. I think it's a cool idea, but Apple's never a bit come from that angle really, have they? Uh I mean
1: my daughter has a electric dude perfect toothbrush. So like you know, she's the audience for that kind of thing. Um so I thought that was neat. The one thing that's terrible with Amazon's Thursday night football on Prime is it's hev- like just right now. It's heavily sponsored by Google Pixel Seven Pro. That's the, the that's the post post game show sponsor. Uh, it's like every single ad break is is for the Google Pixel Seven Pro. Very redundant and also just, you know, I mean, you you're not. I don't, I don't think you would see iPhone like, ads for the iPhone every time they do a, a commercial break on on Apple's streaming services. But even if they did, it would just be much more relevant than than the <laughs> Google Pixel Seven Pro. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's the before loop and then um with, with football there's nfl plus which is for smartphones and tablets not for tv with tv i think you know i guess direct tv has got that plus the different um games monday night football at least for football. this year yeah right exactly so there's no nfl plus equivalent for tv size screens it's, it's just f- smartphones and tablets um and i think that's a I haven't gotten into the weeds of it, but I think that's just a way more consumer friendly approach in terms of you, you want to pay for a thing and get the thing versus with live sports. There's a, a lot of, and I especially found this with with basketball, there's a lot of difficulty in just you say, OK, I've got one team I want to follow and I want to see every game as long as you know I'm, I'm free to watch it or maybe even like watch it later on. And that's really difficult. That's why I move on to, to Bally Sports it's like rally but with a b bally sports and um so i i pay for hulu live tv i did a trial of fubo tv uh because i think that's just more sports oriented they do a lot of picture in picture stuff with with watching multiple feet at the same time um i found that for this particular game the the new orleans Pel- the new orleans pelicans uh nba game that i needed bally sports to watch the game uh a subscription if i was in in market if i was in market for that nba team and so where i live is in market for the new orleans team and so uh i think you could see it on other services including i think uh nba's direct subscription service nba nba league pass but it was a blackout restriction i guess because i don't know it was really confusing it's like th- i think they're on a cable channel in new orleans proper but then you have to use the the Bally Sports app if they're if you're not watching it through that channel that I didn't have access to. And so I this is where I got really just frustrated and was like and I mean my, my initial notes were like, Thursday night football, they're doing a great job on Amazon. And then it was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. So the way we ended up doing it was I tried signing up for Ballet Sports just for the free trial to, to be able to see okay, can I pull off watching this game tonight? And the the Bally Sports I would say if anyone's got experience with it, it is I think it's literally the, the worst streaming technology for sports ever presented. <laughs> Signing up for it took like 20 minutes because it just kept failing every time. Um, eventually I was able to get in, which ended you know, okay, fine. I'm now I'm in. Um they would they they aired a pregame show from Bally Sports before the basketball game began. And so I had that on. And they do ads, they do ads during that, but there's not they're not actual ads for the pregame and postgame show. It's just like a sound effects of like sports sounds which is fine um but after the pre-game show ended and the game started like it ended on that commercial loop in progress thing so i was like okay just let it play out and they're gonna go right to the game well it didn't auto play the game after that it just like you got commercials or a commercial loop at least and then it stopped and it was like this has ended and so it's like okay let me go find the game and turn that on now and it w it, it wasn't there. I had to force quit the app on the Apple TV, you know, which is not a thing you should have to do <laughs> to even get the app to load in the fact that the game had started and wasn't an upcoming event. So that was just very poor. Um I think it is the floor for how bad sports streaming can be. Um and it's twenty bucks a month, so like you know, for you, you can subscribe, um, to so like I think a smaller package or a larger package and the smaller one's twenty dollars and you know, it's depending on where you live, you might get more sports for that than than other places. But um, not not great. Uh NBA League Pass was interesting. They for $15 a month you can follow all teams, but you have to deal with blackouts. Or for a dollar less you can follow one team. So, yeah. cuz if you really want to save there, that's a dollar <laughs> less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well,
0: wow, what a great saving.
1: Yeah. Um and I <laughs> basketball's hard to watch no matter what service you pay for, I think because I mean, obviously with baseball we had the thing where you know, we saw the reaction from from fans where it. It's like, oh, I gotta get Apple TV Plus for this, and it was free. You know, you just had to know how to download the app, or if you're on Android, watch on something else. Uh, but but for NBA, I was like, wow, this. So paying for cable, including Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, then and and even like trying out this other thing, Valley, and trying out Fubo TV for sports oriented streaming. Uh, I think there's still lots of times where I just I, there's, I'm not going to be able to see like the the one game I want the one team I want so um, that was frustrating and I just thought man you know this this should be easier now but I think because of streaming there's even more complexity I guess the 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 analog version of this or you know cable TV satellite version of this is just actual blackouts where you you just can't see a team uh, at all and maybe now there's there's new options that you can get around that. Maybe VPN is the answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it, it was really something. Uh, and then last, last thing I'll say on this is uh, before we move on is that in the spirit of you know really following my football team this year, I saw on Arcade a game called Football Manager 2023, and it was coming soon. So I pre-saved it on Arcade, and Football Manager 2023 20, 20, came out, loaded on my Apple TV automatically, popped up my, on my iPhone to download and football manager 2023 is a soccer game i didn't and i didn't expect that and it's completely just, expected it's disappointing <laughs> so i yeah. don't know i
0: don't know it's probably not well known in america but in britain that's like a franchise football manager really and it's like a yeah if you heard it you know fifa the thing yes. that's yeah. Had in. yeah yeah well this is if, if fifa's where you like play the actual you know you control a character and you run around the field you actually yeah. shoot the ball football manager is like more stats based you like manage gotcha. your team you choose your players they go and fight or, you know like autonomously they yeah. go and play the matches it's like a big thing in in britain so that's like the, <laughs> it's like the counterpart to fifa is like football manager well like the stats nerds way so. to go arcade you're doing it um, yeah yeah and just to say yeah all the blackout complexity rubbish not being able to find your team or every game it's why something like the mls deal that apple struck is so interesting because obviously it's mls so you know you have to be interested in, in mls which is a, a lower tier sport in america but if you are you're going to get a, probably the the best experience possible on on in terms of streaming sports next year high quality production fingers crossed no blackouts all games you don't have to worry about getting multiple services you pay one fee Again, pricing to be announced but i don't think it's going to be super expensive and you can just watch every single match wherever it is with pre-game and post-game shows highlights video on demand the works for one fee and one inside one app. Like I think it's very compelling. And if every single sport could offer that kind of service, it would be incredible. But there's a whole load of reasons why that can't happen. Just a lot of it comes down to money. Like all these cable networks, all these channels, they're paying billions and billions and hundreds of millions to have rights to certain segments of games. And so you end up with situations like what Apple had with Friday Night Baseball for MLB, where oh you get two games a week on on the Apple service and you get other games here and you get other games on traditional TV. MLS has done a really interesting thing where you have all games only available or streaming exclusively through one service for one price. And even if games are broadcast on normal TV next year, they're also simultaneously available on the streaming service. So it's a really interesting, you know, customer proposition if you like MLS games. Yeah, this
1: is also my dad uses these really sketchy streaming sites for watching games, whether it's college football, NFL, whatever. He always connects his laptop to the TV and then plays it off a browser. And I don't, I'm afraid of that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I don't want to mess up my my, my hardware, but uh, in his defense. A lot of people do that. It yeah, does work. in his defense, he mm-hmm. can just turn on a game at any point. And I'm doing like all this jumping through hoops and, you
0: know, paying 20 different people. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Out This Week is also brought to you by Ladder. If you're like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Dentists, opticians appointments, that kind of stuff. And look, it's usually fine, you can get away with it, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. I started wearing glasses this year and it hit me like, wow, I'm, I'm getting older. And stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply. Fill out like Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work out in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. And Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. And Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. And Ladder even made Forbes' best life insurance list of 2021. So if you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. If you aren't sure but you just want some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to LadderLife.com to see if you're instantly approved. That's Ladder life, L-A-D. D E R L I F E dot com slash happy hour. One more time, ladderlife dot com slash happy hour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show. All right, next up we've got iPad. Or excuse
1: me, iPhone production issues. Uh, very sort of similar to a few years ago with the 10s and ten R, I believe. Whenever they just weren't selling very well, and Apple had to present it on a Sunday. That it was gonna. Yeah, affect- that was a demand issue. <laughs> yeah, that was a demand issue. Yeah, this is a supply issue way better problem to have i guess but either way it's going to affect your 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 quarterly revenue and everything so what's going on here
0: yeah so obviously since covid19 there's been supply disruption obviously when covid19 first hit apple had to release special statements saying that they weren't going to release guidance anymore that their outlook was uncertain and they weren't sure how they were going to be able to navigate the tough conditions and so that was kind of like bubbling away and that's kind of been assumed level but in the last year year and a half you know, Apple's supply chain has been pretty stable. Their production's been pretty stable. They've been able to get out the products they want. People've been able to buy them. All, all fine and dandy. And there has been minor disruptions here and there with some factories closing and stuff and uh, whatever. But the assumed like equilibrium state was that oh, stuff's going to be available. Uh, but there was a resurgence of COVID nineteen in China recently, and the Chinese authorities have taken a very um, hard stance against it arguably more than they need to given the how the rest of the world is treating it these days but they see it as like any covid 19 um reporting is a weakness they 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 shutter down cities like aggressively and some often inhumanely but that's what happens in china at the moment and there was a outbreak at a primary iphone facility in Zhengzhou, china and that's affected where Apple is assembling the iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. So the China's got sh- like fully shut down with very 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 limited staff to come in and there's been loads of reporting about like it, the the working conditions are so bad or they're getting treated so poorly that people are like jumping over fences to try and get away. There's a whole humanitarian angle to this. There's another angle where it's like um foxconn's paying like a thousand percent bonuses to try and recruit more staff to make up for the shortfall like clearly it was a big problem but until this sunday thing it'd only been really reported through like asian news or you know like asian newspapers or you know reuters and stuff like that it it was unclear that it wasn't too dissimilar to just the other factory closures we've seen throughout the last few months and, and, and whatnot but the fact that apple's made a specific uh statement with an official disclosure on its website about it shows that they believe that this latest um, action is going to have meaningful material impact on the business, which means iPhone sales. And so they released a statement saying that COVID-19 restrictions have temporarily impacted the primary iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max assembly facility. It's operating at a significantly reduced capacity. And although they continue to see strong demand for iPhone 14 Pro, they now expect lower shipments than previously anticipated and customers will experience longer wait times to receive their new products which also means that less customers will buy the products because they're not available to buy and that will have a hit to the bottom line in the quarterly results obviously right now it's the holiday quarter which is really important for apple they sell this is the time when they sell the most phones ever and if phones aren't available to buy they're going to get some knockback on that so they have to release this statement it's like fiduciary responsibility so that investors can be aware that okay what Apple kind of intimated or implied that was going to happen in their quarter earnings in terms of guidance, you need to adjust for the fact that they've had these unforeseen event where there's less iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max available. And if you go onto the Apple store right now, you try and buy a 14 Pro or 14 Pro Max, they quote like mid-delivery, mid-December delivery times. So only a couple more weeks and you won't even get it for Christmas if you order. order. Like you could order in maybe even two weeks' time, and it'll miss christmas uh, assuming the assuming they can't get more production underway, so it's a very significant effect and it's just notable because they made a big you know public statement about it
1: yeah thing happening is this is kind of random it seems but um one of the air one of the two airpod pro two suppliers uh put out a statement i guess that they lost a uh, an overseas client. Uh, they had to stop production for an overseas client on a smart acoustics product, and Ming-Chin Kuo uh, put out a, but you know, re- released some tweets, you know, saying based on his survey, this was Apple. This is for AirPods two, and that he believes it's not a demand issue that it's a it's a production issue that this company was this 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 um, supplier was facing, and so supplier you go from supplier from having two to just one and they double or not i don't know if they double but they increase the capacity for production of airpods too at this other supplier but um it's it's not the time of the year where you especially for a power like airpods where you want to have issues with creating them so
0: the yeah, airpods and iphones major holiday buying yeah
1: yeah airpods for christmas was the best me on whatever.
0: that was a great that was a great <laughs> thing google that if you don't know we're talking about airpods for christmas
1: uh oh, also news in the, the last few weeks. Uh, this, this is in, I guess, the what is it? iOS sixteen point two beta, mm-hmm. and and Ventura, and all the other versions that have the Apple News app, or excuse me, the Apple Weather app. Including the iPad these days, um, they've added a tile for Apple News in the Weather app. So they're always adding more information, whether it's you know humidity or um, it's things like that. So you, you get all kinds of new weather tiles, and it's pretty cool. The Weather app. It, think really affords that through its design because it's a bunch of grids. You know, it's a grid of a bunch of information. You can add a new thing. doesn't doesn't seem weird. Um, but they added Apple News and it was there for about a week or so. I wrote about it finally just thinking, this is kind of interesting. Um, and I didn't necessarily see it as like a bad thing. It's just like, oh, they're there. I see where it could be seen as like kind of advertising for Apple News in general. But the way that it works is um, it isn't always there and it's only regional relevant weather news. So it doesn't like you know here's the election results from last night in the news app or in the weather app that would be very weird um uh, it it's you know there were tornadoes mm-hmm. in a community nearby and like here's the aftermath of that and and so that that is weather related or in another community it was about um you know drought rain not having enough rain you know, weather changing that kind of thing so um pretty clever i think but in just in sharing the story and giving it more attention um a lot of pushback on on uh, Twitter on our nine to five Mac mentions on Twitter. It was like everybody was I mean, so many people were like, if they release this out of beta, I'll never use the weather app again. And I was like oh, that's pretty strong. Um, I did try some things out, like what happens if you delete the Apple News app? Does it remove the tile for you in the weather app? No, it doesn't. Uh, it just takes you to the web version of that Apple News link. Um, and, and also similarly, the Weather Channel, you know, which for the longest time the weather widget on the Mac and the iPad would take you to weatherchannel.com and that has I mean it's it's barely the weather and then a whole lot of news so and advertisements um and i guess there are ads in these stories where it can take you for an apple news article uh, oftentimes not every time but but most times um but but it's i guess those are also ads for the, the publisher, publisher versus yeah. for apple so it's not it's not quite like if you were to just put Here's the closest news weather item in your area, and it's from, you know, two hours away. It's not that bad. Uh, I I do think though that as the weather app scales and adds more of those data tiles, it, the 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 way the design currently is, it seems like uh, it's it, a next step of all of that would be rearranging those tiles based on mm-hmm. which is most important to you. Um, I think weather was a ab- the news tile was above some some probably more important um
0: tiles of data. Yeah, that was my issue with this. I think putting news as a option in the weather app was kind of interesting and different and yeah, if if there was like a big, you know, forthcoming snowfall or big storm or something, they could put a relevant news article and you could go and read something structured rather than just looking at numbers, right? Um so that was kind of interesting. I was like oh, that's pretty cool, but my issue with it with it is that it was so close to the top of the scrolling thing, it felt like an ad even if it wasn't. Because the way the weather up structure today on the iPhone is you've got your um, you know, next 12 hours or whatever of, of hourly weather, then you've got the 10-day forecast, and then directly below that tile, it put the news article. Um it's not showing up right now for me, but I know it doesn't it only appears when there's something relevant there. So right. or they might have just turned it off temporarily. But anyway, before before it was literally the third thing down, which is really, really high because even if there is a super relevant news article, you probably don't want it more importantly than like the air quality or the precipitation chart. Um, and so if, if it would have appeared at the bottom, that'd have been okay. And like you say, if they do offer like reordering, that would really solve it. Or even if it was reordering and you could hide things you don't you don't care about. Because yeah. there's some there's some things that definitely aren't ads, like sunset and sunrise, UV index. In the UK, those kind of tiles. Or the wind direction. I don't care about the wind direction. If I could turn them off completely and hide them, I would do that. So that's obviously a future thing where the weather app can improve. And then it becomes less important where they choose to put the news up, the news tile by default. Because then you could just drag it down or delete it. Because you couldn't delete it because it was fixed in place. And because they haven't got 100% goodwill recently in terms of you know trusting them when it comes to the advertising stuff. It immediately felt more icky than... They probably intended it to you know
1: how's your how's your how's your pressure though in your weather app? you doing okay there My- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm at one thousand and twenty h p a which is in the middle of low and high, so there you go, okay, I'm at thirty point twenty i n h g so Ooh. there's there's a difference in our
1: countries, yeah, so I, I, overall, I think this is like totally fine you know sort of like a- app connection because you've got weather in the maps app by default, you've got uh, i don't know i was looking at this you used to have weather in the news app so it was like a direct comparison it's like back and forth uh it would it would say you know today's date and then you have local weather there and you could tap it and it would launch the weather app i believe i didn't see that anymore so maybe that went away if,
0: if you have a if you're in one of the areas that do the local weather you know that new thing they've started the news app where if you're in certain cities they have like super local weather pages yeah they put the weather in those pages but I don't see it, but I believe you're right in that back in the day at that <laughs> top header it would just have the weather. Right. Cuz it just pulls it from the weather app. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. But
1: overall I think it's fine in terms of like app synergy etc. Uh a little bit of promotion for Apple News and the fact that you can't get rid of it I think is an issue. But if this, if you were seeing this in an Android or a Samsung situation I think it would just be normal. You wouldn't think of it and it's, it's mainly what you touched on which is the the um, sort of push back against
0: advertisements coming to apple's platforms in a bigger way yeah and i don't think this necessarily was an opportunity for ad placement it was just hey we can put some news up we can promote the apple news app more than like yeah we can shove an the ads, ads for new the things, news right? app yeah <laughs> the ads for the news app yeah and so put it at the bottom let us reorder it etc cetera, etc cetera, and we'd be i wouldn't have a problem with it and um, you know what i probably wouldn't delete it. i'd probably just put it further down
1: yeah and, and last thing i forgot to mention this but it's just like in the stocks app where they pull in business news for the stocks that you follow so that's very much a if you're looking at stocks hey we have a we have a a news app where we gather news from different sources and that's hyper relevant yeah 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 yeah.
0: not like the app store where they would they even had an option for advertisers to show apps irrelevant to the current app you're looking at and that's how you ended up with a text editor being placed next to a gambling ad so and they're still on pause, by the way. We haven't had any further update on that on that situation. Apple's just put them on pause and we're, I guess they're waiting for everybody to shut up because <laughs> they haven't come up with a, a solution quite yet. Finally this week, Happy Hour is brought to you by Abode. 95 mac and Happy Hour teamed up with Abode to give away Apple's latest iPhone 14 and all listeners can get the Abode HomeKit bundle at 40% off for a limited time. HomeKit lovers, this ad is for you. Abode is the only home security system both DIY and professionally installed on the market that allows you to control your full security system and integrated smart home products like lights, locks and more with the Home app on any iOS mobile device. And with the Abode Gateway, either the basic gateway or its all-in-one security system with a built-in camera and sensor, you can use the Home app to view alerts and video from other connected devices in the Abode Home security system. Check the camera's live feed in the Home app as well as organize and view devices by room to make keeping track of each activity super easy. The Abode HomeKit bundle includes everything you need to build your home security setup with seven different HomeKit products discounted by $300 on sale for just $4.99 for a limited time. And you can get the discounted HomeKit bundle at goabode.com slash offer. That's goabod dot com slash offer. And to be in with the chance to win the iPhone 14, hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks to Abode for sponsoring the show.
1: All right, finally, we've got some... It's new stuff in the second beta of ios 16.2 namely my favorite change which is that uh in, in beta one there was this really like a work, workflow <laughs> hitting bug where if you launched the camera app from the lock screen then you and you were in the camera app you couldn't swipe up from the home indicator to close the camera app and, and go to your home screen once you're unlocked at that point for example you'd have to turn the phone off with the button on the side to, to get back to your lock screen and then go to your home screen that was very
0: disruptive uh uh they they fixed it in beta 2 that's all i care about what else is new yeah the um the status bar situation with the dynamic island was a like a, on the iphone 14 pro max it didn't matter but on the iphone 14 pro the dynamic island is quite big and the screen size is smaller so it pushes to the side stuff uh, and Normally, it means you go down to two icons for Wi-Fi and battery, and this is kind of annoying because you kind of want to see your signal bars, and sometimes you get confused, like, oh, the signal isn't there? Have I lost signal? No, it's just it's just hidden away. And they've made a slight little tweak uh, where now, if you're playing music, because it knows the dynamic island interface for music is small, it can compress the dynamic island and keep all three icons visible. So this doesn't matter if I 14 Pro Max, use it, or iPhone 14 Pro. If you're playing music and you've got that now playing interface in the island. Now you see your Wi-Fi antenna and battery all at the same time. So it's better. And frankly, for all the Dynamic Island's utility, most of the time when it's active, you're usually seeing music playback, or at least I am. That's by far the most common thing that's up in, That's up in there. Mm-hmm. So now they've made the experience a bit better. So Now you've got three icons instead of two always visible, which is nice. Yeah.
1: I have I podcasts there a lot too, but music is one of the big ones. Something I've found in Dynamic Island that's confusing, and I keep catch myself doing this, is when I'm... In an app with search like the App Store, um Instagram was another one of these examples. The dynamic island and I'm in dark mode. The dynamic island and the search uh tab like bar at the top that you tap to type into looks so similar that I keep tapping the dynamic island when I mean to tap the search bar because I just think, oh, there's that shape and it's not filled in. Let me type in there. And then I because one tap launches the app instead of exposing the larger tile. Uh, I keep getting stuck doing that. Haven't, haven't worked out that issue in my brain yet, but yeah, this is, a, this is a good change. And then there's some bigger stuff that's kind of interesting. It's, it's custom accessibility mode. It's a new interface that we've discovered uh, that really, really changes the way the iPhone looks and works in a way that it's like, it's like um, I don't know, these, these jitterbug phones a long time ago. And they, they were... They were physical, and then they made touchscreen versions. But they were still had a very like low vision friendly interface, huge t- targets, not a lot of complexity on the screen at one time. And this is like that. It's like this, this, this mode. I think this is going to be a big deal whenever it comes out. What, what's, how would you describe this?
0: Yeah, so this is like a completely different UI for the phone. It's it's called customer accessibility mode, but it's like a different home screen, different app design it's like a completely different launch experience and obviously it's designed for people that have issues with you know seeing things or um motor movement mm -hmm. but also i can see it being important for people who just like you know the elderly people who don't understand the complexities of a modern ios experience and they just want a phone that can make phone calls do texts take photos kind of like those you can buy in the old days you could buy like T9 style phones just with really big keys to make it easier for older people to use. This is like the modern equivalent of that. It's like a whole new home screen experience with messaging, phone, music, camera. And when you set it up, you can choose which apps appear in the thing. So if you have like a grandparent who only needs to do like music and weather and messaging and phone calls and doesn't care about anything else on the system, you can turn everything else off and it just makes a brand new home screen experience. Where it just puts those tiles really big, and when you tap on them, everything's really big. You don't have to worry about the home indicator to go back or anything. There's just a big back button at the bottom of the screen. Even slide to unlock simpler. There's just a hold down to enter a big button. You just hold it down. And again, this has been discovered in progress. It's not an official feature yet, so the final designs of these things might change. But the general gist is, you can have like a super simplified iOS experience and give it to people that that want it. Like it's a completely separate launch experience. Like. It's, it's almost like a separate dimension to the iphone in terms of like carplay yeah like yeah. it's like an, it's like an offshoot of carplay but on the iphone for people that just need a really simple way to do music and phone and messaging and, and 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 you can include other apps but the the system stock apps have been like redesigned have really big titles and super obvious text you don't have loads of weird swipe actions or the modern complexity you can just give someone a phone like this it doesn't look the prettiest in the world right now, but maybe they'll make it look slightly prettier by the time it ships. But obviously they're prioritizing like visual fidelity and 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 definition for people with poor vision. Um, but basically, if you just want to give an older person one of your older iPhones, hang me down iPhones, but you don't think they're going to be able to cope with the complexity of it, you can really lock it down, and make a really simple interface. Yeah, I've
1: got a great grandmother who uses an iPhone and an iPad and she's got low vision and... um poor motor skills and so the things that you can do before you know if you've got say a larger version of a smaller phone you can take that smaller interface and scale it up to the larger screen so all the tap target tap targets are just bigger and you can do dynamic text you can crank up the text size but with a lot of that stuff you get I mean it's not drastic it looks it, it looks worse as a default experience if it's just the default um, you, you get what it's doing for accessibility but even so, some of that stuff doesn't scale very well. Like you'll get a lot of truncation on words, um, or even just when she uses a voiceover and she'll tap on the different parts of the iPhone home screen. There's a lot of options there, you know. So it's it's not four big options. It's like sixteen or so. I don't know. It's a lot a lot a lot of options there to get lost in. And with with this, it's it's kind of what if you were doing it from scratch, you were just like, let's just make an accessibility friendly interface for this purpose. This is like a purpose built interface for that. Um, and and it just goes way further than, than display scale does or display zoom um, or, or changing font sizes. Um, and the way, the way I kind of just would describe it is like the iPod Nano, that's the square touchscreen one, like where you, you could do, I think I guess you could do like four apps on a screen or, or one big one. It's like that, but for the iPhone, you know, for iPhone, iPhone screen size. So yes, um, I think it'll be a really big deal whenever this is ready to go and,
0: and even just gets announced. And it obviously represents a pretty big investment from Apple.
1: Like, like yeah not to mention third party developers so i'm sure they'll be encouraged to support modes like this but even if apple does this on their on their core apps all their core apps and it's it's
0: you're right it's a big investment there which is a, a good one yeah i mean and i have a grandparent who ha- has pretty good vision and motor skills but he does have the issue where he just has big hands so he can't tap the keys fully right that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah and he's not he, he he's not oafy with technology right his first iphone he got 3 years ago and he can message and you can check the weather and you can take photos, but that's all he does on his phone. And do you know what would be really simpler for him? If he just had big buttons on the screen that you could tap to do those things that he couldn't go wrong. He couldn't accidentally go into all these menus and things where he doesn't have to get out of and then he needs to call me for help and assistance. Like, So I would seriously consider using this thing for him when it's available. It seems like a great idea. Yeah.
1: All right. We covered a lot of ground this week. A lot of topics. Yeah. What's coming next week? Anything to look forward to? Maybe hmm it's the middle of november where are done product releases you know it's it's that's that i guess something will happen though <laughs> something always happens that you know apple music classical will be next week randomly yeah yeah all right cool I mean, well something always turns so up. something always turns up. yeah just something solid to look forward to but we'll you know that here's the thing come back next week we'll tell you what happens so that's it all right that is the happy hour podcast for this week if you enjoyed the show please uh follow the podcast or subscribe we have an ad-free version in Apple Podcast. That's uh, $5 a month or $50 a year, and you get no ads. So it's a clean episode. We appreciate everyone who supports our sponsors. That, that helps us uh, do the show as well. If you have any feedback, you can email Benjamin and I together at happyhour at n You can follow me on Twitter at ApolloZack. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at
0: BZMAO. We'll Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.